Hey friends, this is Pastor Freddie T. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. Hey, I want to encourage you, share the podcast with somebody today. Uh, I talked to a woman this Sunday. It was her first Sunday at Real Life. And as we like to say, every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. But she said, thank you for the podcast. I've been binge listening to the podcast, but it was her first Sunday attending Real Life. So share the podcast with somebody that's not yet attending Real Life, and maybe it'll be the thing that helps them connect to the Lord by connecting to Real Life. Hey, thanks for listening today. Uh, We've got a special guest, so I'll just let you listen in to discover who it is. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. What's up, Timmy? How's it going, Freddie T? (laughs) It's good, bud. It's It's good. good. JV is, he's heading out of town today. I he thought he's he already going to be out of town. He ditched us. So you're pinch hitting for uh, JV on the podcast. It's kind of intimidating, man. He's That's big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> JV has the perfect podcast voice. He really does. Every time I listen, like re-listen to the podcast, I always think, I'm always a little jealous because he has the perfect podcast voice. And he's smooth. Yeah. Like he's very smooth. So your voice makes me feel a little better. <laughs> Are you saying that my voice is like fingernails on a chalkboard, Freddie? That's that's what I heard. So, Timmy, I'm going to let everybody, all the podcast listeners in on this ongoing um, uh, uh, quandary that I have. So, Oh, boy. Well, I mean, you've heard this. So, like, I've coached our staff that we don't, like, embrace sarcasm. (laughs) Because I feel like sarcasm is not really edifying. Yep. It doesn't really build up, you know. (laughs) But for some reason, like... You and I, like sarcasm's been like we've related to each other through the lens of sarcasm from like I feel like from day one. Yeah, right. But your sarcasm's never hurt me. Yeah, has my sarcasm ever hurt you? No, but like maybe I need to up my game a little bit. <laughs> so I really don't. I'm not a fan of sarcasm, but I totally. You know, it's like uh, very few friends. Do you know? Do you throw it around like I throw it around with you? And, yeah, yeah. It, it's a safe. We feel safe, which is a good thing. That I is think. a good yeah. thing. Yeah. So, yeah. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How How long have you now lived in Clarksville, Tennessee? About a month. Yeah. About a month. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, I think. Well, I guess uh, one month and one week. Five weeks now. Yeah. Been working at the church for three weeks now. Yeah. That that feels even crazy to say. Yeah, yeah. So because it feels like three days or yeah, in in some ways. But yeah. as you know, it's been like information overload right. the last three weeks, just ramp, ramping up. But yeah, so it might feel like a year. Yeah, crammed <laughs> at into the same time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. What? Um, so you lived in in uh, New Jersey for seventeen years. We had you on the podcast a couple of months ago, and we had no. We had no idea what God was going to do that day. Yeah. Stirring in your hearts. We knew what was in our heart, but we didn't know what God would do. And he's now called you to come and serve as our associate pastor. Hallelujah. Uh, But you were in New Jersey for 17 years, and now you've moved to Clarksville. So how's the adjustment going? You know, it is, I was born and raised here, right? And so 
even when I was in the Northeast, I always felt like I had a, a foot sort of in both cultures. And so, but after being in New Jersey for 17 and a half years, and I know you experienced this too, kind of bouncing around the country, it's definitely a little bit of reverse culture shock coming back here, but we have, we have loved it. I'll, I'll give you just an example. Like we've talked about this before, but in, you know, New Jersey, New York, like everything is very, very fast. And so like, you don't really have time uh, to sit and talk. And that's, that's just sort of the culture. So right now we're living with my parents uh, until our house is ready in July. And so we do this like little loop around the walk uh, around the block. It's like a seven minute walk. But like Rob and I, when we go around, we can't do the block without like neighbors coming out and having very, very long conversations. So we just started to realize it's not a seven minute deal. It's like a 30 minute deal. And I remember last week at one point after the second or third neighbor conversation, Robin just looks at me. She goes, I love this. Like, I love this. This is like, there's something right about this, about being fully present. And so that's just like a good thing to me is that, you know, people do make space and time for relationships. So we love that piece. It's been a nice, fantastic, nice change of pace. Yeah. So in New Jersey, you wouldn't experience that. No, no. In New Jersey, the way we used to talk about it is that people have like high outer walls. And so like to break that outer wall takes a very, very long time. It takes a, like a lot of trust and so, you know, you can still get there. And then once you break that wall, um, like you're in, like you're in, you know, for life, but it just, it takes a lot longer in, in New Jersey because of, because of the culture. Yeah. So. I love that you guys take a seven minute, 30 minute walk around your neighborhood. And I, I mentioned this Sunday in the sermon, just about how our dream, you know, as a church is that our people might know their neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams, you know, and absolutely, yeah. And some, you know, our our value margin for mission is a little bit of a, um, uh, it's a little bit of almost like a diagnosis, you know, or uh, it's almost like a almost like a prognosis rather, uh, in the sense of it's what we need to do to address the crazy busyness. Yeah, you know, and you know, and I, and I think. Maybe 10, 15 years ago, you could say like the Northeast is super busy and, you know, down here in the South, it's like a lot slower, but I can tell that the culture is like filtering down here yeah. and that's going to be like a, a temptation for people, I think, is to like, just get caught up in this. Uh, we called it like a culture of exhaustion where it's yes. like just super, super busy and, yes. you know, it eliminates that space to make those relationships. Yeah. So. We we loved the pause of the pandemic as a family. Yep. I mean, it was like dinners and board games and slowed us down and it felt, it felt great. It did. It yeah. did. The modern family really has to fight for that to slow down and, um, you know, be aware. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, to remind the podcast listeners who all makes up your family. Okay. Uh, so my wife, Robin, and then we have two kids, Ian, who's 19, and Emma, who uh, is 14. So, you know, Robin and I obviously have a memory and a context for the South. Our kids are Jersey kids, and so this is, it's been funny to, to like, kind of watch it, you know, through their eyes as they're experiencing the culture really, you know, for the first time. They're 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 Christians. They are. Yeah. Yes. So they're not going to be, like, 
saying that was an effing good sermon. Right? Right. <laughs> no, no. Thankfully, they will not. That would be like, you know, all my Jersey peeps. Yeah. That would be them. Right. So right. if you don't know what Freddie's talking about right now, we, we I think we had this conversation in the last time. You did mention, you know, yeah. That uh, we, you know, we had the uh, testimony time. A uh, guy radically saved out of a gang, and I'm like, hey, can you please not curse during your testimony, and I think you had a mission team from the south coming up. Correct, yeah. yeah from I'm Al- not Alabama, a, I'm not a fan of vulgar language. Me neither, my uh, friend. Yeah, uh, <laughs> me neither, my but friend. It, it, anyways, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, when it, when, and that guy, when a new Christian, says that was a you know, yeah. And you know that particular guy came a long, long way. Like yeah. discipled, and like now he would right. never do that now. But at the time, it was just you know very raw for him. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, uh, so how's the adjustment going for the family? It's good. You know, it, it's a it's a strange time because it's summer, and yeah, so yeah. and it's also a strange time because we're not in our house yet, right? And so, in some ways, it almost feels. I think for the family, it feels almost like an extended vacation because we're still living out of our suitcases okay. right now. Okay. You know, and so I think it's going to be very different once we move into the house yeah. uh, in July. But um, I, I think they're really enjoying it, and um, you know. Starting to make relationships, that's going to take a very long time, especially, you know, during the summer. But um, I think they're enjoying it. What day do you move into your house? July 1st and 2nd. Yeah. So you could use some hands to help. Yep, that's right? Saturday. Real lifers, that Saturday, that Saturday morning, July 2nd. Yeah, that's 2nd. Saturday, July 2nd at 10 a.m. There okay. you go. Yep, so, Where, yeah. Uh, okay, where should they show up at 10 a.m.? <laughs> Seriously. Wickham Self Storage at 10 a.m. Okay, yep. Wickham Self Storage, yep, 10 a.m. That's where, our, our, where all of our stuff is, and then we'll head over and so knock it out. So we're not joking about that. Correct. You would really love to have some hands to jump yep. in and help you. Whoever load. comes, I'll get pizza and drinks. There you go. For lunch, and we'll probably be able to knock it out in two or three hours. There you go. So. Um, Jonathan and Rachel just celebrated their wedding anniversary on Saturday. That's right. Uh, was it 17 years? How long have they been married? I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good I'll have question. i look back on social media. I should know. Let me pull that up. Yep. But uh, how long have you and Robin been married? We've been married. Uh, twenty. It'll be twenty-five years um, this August. So, seventeen. Seventeen years for Daniel's Jonathan. A ninja Daniel Cox over there. Yep. Beat me to it. That's impressive. Okay. And his fiftieth birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what day is that? That's Thursday, right? Yes. I think. Thursday. Okay, podcast listeners. <laughs> I think Jonathan went out of town just so we couldn't like mess with him, razz him on the podcast. He turns. 50 <laughs> half a century jv crazy oh, man we need to get him a walker or something like well that. you know I, I rachel had him get that ring that like did you see that uh-uh, it's like a I little so. it's kind of like an apple watch it like test all your health things are you and, serious oh yeah and jonathan's like i'm pretty sure she got this because i'm about to be 50 you know <laughs> he's a little self-conscious about this oh, ring gosh <laughs> So it's like a digital ring that tells you your heartbeat and all this stuff. All the yeah, how did you sleep? How's your like oh, O2, all that all that sort of stuff. Did and you hear so, the did you hear the storm last night? I must have slept through. Storm woke me up. Did it last really? Night. It was intense and loud, yeah. Oh man. Speaking of sleep, I slept like a baby. <laughs> um okay, so who who is uh, are any of the family having a difficult time adjusting? Are any of the, you know what? Not yet. Yeah, not yet. God, yeah, not yet. So like we have felt, and this is real, we have felt so welcome at um, in Clarksville and yeah. at Real Life and, you know, meeting new folks. Uh, Daniel had us over for dinner last week. Daniel Cox. And, uh, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Cox. Cox. Yeah. So, 
So that that has helped a lot. You know, just the way that folks have embraced us has been amazing. Yeah. So good. So yeah. It's, you know, it'll be good. I'm sure it's going to be a transition. The fall is going to be a different thing with school and that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, but right now, yeah, we feel really, really blessed. Timmy, what's been your, um, what's been the biggest change uh, in your church experience? It, it, well, so. You were preaching every Sunday. That's, yep. That's yep. a pretty big change. That is, that's definitely different. You'll yeah, preach several times in July. That'll be exciting for our people. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. But, you know, preaching every week, there's, as you go through the week, there's this, it's this ever present thing, yeah. like, right, that's on you. It's not bad. It's just, right. you feel like the weight of that. Yes. And so I don't think I was, I didn't know what to expect with that. And that, that is a different thing. Yeah. Um, not a bad thing, but it is a different yeah. thing to not have that kind of ever present, yeah. like, weight of like, Sunday's coming, yeah. you know, from a preaching Saturday standpoint. Saturday night is different for you right now. It is. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. So, um, well, I hope it's sweet. Yeah, what, what, what's the biggest differences, just so folks can understand? Yeah, I mean, like, the church culture is very different. The church culture in New Jersey is almost non-existent. And so, you know, when you're thinking about doing things, doing events, it's a very, it's a much smaller pool of people to uh, to pull from. Uh, because people just in, in general, unless they are really, really on fire for God, they just, they tend to not go to church in the, in the in in New Jersey. They're not going to church just to go. And so, um, one of the nice things has been to like look and and to see a church that is growing like crazy of folks that are really wanting to be involved and, and get plugged in. It, it's a different thing because every all the resources are are larger. So I think that's been a big mindset change for me. But I'm ramping up to it and kind of nice yeah 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 what what's the shift in you like what's the is it challenging is it like what's the like in what in what are the emotions that come out like what are the thoughts like what are the you know as as you walk away from a sunday experience after having been in the same context for so long what what are the conversations like on the way home like what's the yep so it's it's funny being a church planter, you know, starting churches in, in New Jersey. One of the things that I've always, you know, kind of prided myself on and thought, like, man, the way I'm wired up is to be very fast twitch, right? Like I I know multiple things are happening all at once, and I've always been very able to kind of do that and hold those things together. And so, I think the first two Sundays I was here, it didn't feel like I was able to do that, and I'll tell you why. It's because it was just it was culturally so different there was so much going on and i'm just trying to take it all in and so it was a little bit like deer in headlights you know for the first two sundays and i think i told you this this past sunday the third sunday um i'm not all the way there yet but i felt like all of a sudden i'm like i'm i'm more comfortable i'm starting to now connect faces with names and I, i i feel like i'm starting to get ramped up and so this past sunday um you know, we talk about being fully present. I don't feel like I was able to do that the first two sure, Sundays because I was just sure. so yeah. trying to soak it all yeah, in. Lots to learn. Sure. Lots to learn. Yeah. But um, this past Sunday, it was the first time I'm able to like, We, you're a sports guy, so you'll understand this. They talk about the game slowing down. Yes. You know, and anybody that's done sports a lot, like you, you'll remember that moment where all of a sudden everything's moving just as fast, if not faster, but in your mind, everything slows down because... You've, been, you've done it before and you know what to expect. And 
that the first two weeks were not that at all. And yeah. the third week was like, I felt like the game slowed down yeah. and I know that's going to happen more, yeah. which excites me because like when I can be fully present, totally. um, that's where you can see where God's working. And, you know, you talked about prayer on Sunday. Like I'm super excited about that, by the way, this idea of like having a time set aside where um, we can be intentional, find people that need prayer and pray with them. That's that's everything. Yeah, so man. I'm really excited about that. So good. Well, thanks for jumping on the podcast today. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about the sermon a little. Sounds great. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in His ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. And we are back. Timmy, what, uh, uh, we're going to talk about the sermon a little bit. Have you ever preached through a gospel? Yes, I have. And did you go kind of as like, you know, paragraph by paragraph, like, like I'm doing with Luke? Absolutely. What, um, how long did it take? We did we did Mark. Yeah. So it was a yeah, yeah. smaller the shortest gospel. Yeah, yeah, the shortest gospel. So I want to say it wasn't quite a year, okay. but I think it was close. And You're we did it. similar to what you did where you like, you know, do a chunk of it, maybe take a little bit of a break, yeah. do a chunk. Yeah. But but yeah, I think it was about a year. Yeah. So gotcha. I love doing that though, though. Gotcha. Well, you got to listen to the sermon. What what are you carrying out of that? What's your What's yeah. your insights? What's your questions? What's on your mind this morning that you want to pursue? There is a lot that that's kind of sparked in my brain. The, the first thing, and I think it was one of the first points, you talked about Jesus going in to Jerusalem and him like weeping, you know, and, and you talked about this this grief that Jesus had over over the city that pushed peace away. And so like that brought up for me this thing of like, I have to tell you, like you, you talked about like, are you able to weep? And uh, for me, I got to tell you for years, I was not able to weep. I was not able to cry. And so like what, one of my qu- first questions for you was, what would you say to a person that's like, that hears that, but they're like, you know, I, I can't cry. I don't, I don't get emotional anymore. I've, my heart in a sense has become hard. Like how, how would you, yeah. what would you say to that person that, feels like they can't weep, that yeah. they can't grieve. Well, that's a little bit of a layered question because you you kind of gave the re- you gave a reason as to why they may not right. be able to. Uh so I like I think that that's probably where I would start. Yeah. is is investigating whether or not the individual was aware of why they Pinpo- may not pinpointing be able the reason. To. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, so if somebody had an awareness, you know, of why then kind of address that, right? So a self-awareness of, um, you know, on Sunday, and I think you were alluding to this, growing a little desensitized yep, yep. to so much sorrow 
Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think there's a couple of things. One is uh, helping people understand that grief is not bad. It's healthy, that grief is a reality in a broken world, that grief, I think, I think grief acknowledges reality. Yep. And I think if we're unable or unwilling to grieve, we may not be living in that reality. Maybe we're trying to avoid the reality. Yep. Yep. That's that's Spoken one thing from I would an say. Enneagram seven, yeah, right? Like we're you both know, Enneagram sevens, Timmy. Yep. 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 And and I think that was one of my issues for years was, you know, if, if you don't know, if you're not into Enneagram, like the sevens basically typically we see pain and we love to distract ourselves to, you know, amuse ourselves to death, basically, and to like, you know, to not deal with the pain. Right. And I think for me, like in my immaturity, yeah. like that's what I would do is run away from it and not not sit in it. Yeah. You know? So I think the other way we grow, I, no, I, I resonate with what you're saying. I totally understand the inclination to avoid right. avoid pain. Uh, as an as an Enneagram seven, sometimes it happens. I don't even know what's happening. Yep, right, exactly. Um, I think one of the other, you know, one of the other ways we grow our capacity to weep with those that weep. The Scripture actually commands us to weep with those that weep, and then Jesus models weeping at at the godlessness of of Israel. Yep. Um, but one of the ways. One of the ways that we can grow in our capacity, I think, to weep with those that weep um, is actually suffering our, ourselves. Yes. Uh, there was a, a, a young man, um, 13-year-old young man at Real Life that recently like broke his collarbone. Mm. And one of the first days, one of the first days at church that he was there, I prayed for him, and he was crying when I got through praying for him. And... I don't think that it was his uh, physical pain. Right. He's an athlete, and I think he was just really distraught that he wasn't able to do all that he was going to do, you yeah. know, all that he wanted to do. He couldn't go to football practice. He couldn't, you know. And um, and so I think that through his suffering, God is giving him a capacity. Now he knows what it feels like to experience that loss personally. Yep. So now he can actually relate to others. So I think of, you know, the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus being a sympathetic high priest. Yep. What does that mean? Well, it goes on to explain that, well, he can understand what we're going through because he's been tempted in every way that we've been tempted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think in the same way, when we go through grief, we then become sympathetic friends. We, we become the sympathetic body of Christ where, where, you know, you, on one hand, you've got to suffer yourself if you're going to um, have compassion for other people's suffering. Yep, yep. I, I know I've mentioned this to you a couple times, but it's so pertinent to this, is when Rick Warren years ago said he would never hire someone on his staff that hadn't gone through like a really hard thing. And I remember being in Young in Ministry saying, you know, oh, man, that's so like limiting of God. You know, God can use anybody – and it took some hard knocks in ministry to where I was like, oh, that's what he means. And then for me, yeah. like really the pandemic, um, going through some really hard things. Like I lost 
someone on our staff, like really, really close that, uh, went through like a really bad, you know, uh, doubt process of doubting and deconstruction and, you know, just totally left the church. That was like really, really, um, a grieving thing for Robin and I. And so for years, I think I had preached about grief and didn't really know what that was like until I experienced it. And I told Robin, as we were going through this, I was like, as hard as this is, now when I see somebody else going through yeah. pain, like I was yeah. literally yeah. crying, yeah. like I was tearing yeah. up. And I, Freddie, I had not done that in probably 10 yeah. or 15 years. Yeah. And so it was hard, but God used that like yeah, in, in amazing ways. So I, I totally resonate with what you yeah, said. Yeah, well, it's, it's suffering then becomes like our like a gift to us because it enables us to minister to others. I think of Second Corinthians Mm. Uh, chapter one, it says, blessed be our God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who comforts us in all our affliction. Yeah. So that we may be able to comfort others also with the same comfort with which we ourselves have received. And I, that's one of the most hope filled passages of scripture for me, because it, any time we're going through a trial, it's easy to be self-focused and want to escape it and wonder why it's happening and eliminate it as soon as we can. Um, but there's so much hope to yep. have as we go through that suffering, knowing, okay, God is actually taking me to seminary. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> God is actually equipping me to care for the body of Christ. And, you know, in every season of ministry for me, similar to what you were describing, there's been a um, there's been kind of like a major episode mm-hmm. of pain, of grief, of sorrow. Yep. And then when I get into the next season of ministry, I see how I carry that tool belt with me of like, oh, wow, I can actually minister to these people where I wouldn't have been able to. Yep. You know? Yep. Even that verse you just said, I mean, I think you said with three times. And yes. I was just thinking like, that is the word it, yes. it's with yes. like, yes. it's God, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. Right. And then now we get to be with other people. And I think for me, I gotta be honest, like when people are grieving, it used to be intimidating. Cause I'd be like, what if I don't have the right words or what if I'm not coaching, which that shows you right there, just the wrong mindset I had sure. like that. It was somehow about me yeah, right. coaching them up or like saying the right, right. words. Right. And like, when you realize Sometimes people just need you to sit there and go, I'm so, so sorry yeah. that you're going through this and I'm with you and God is with you. And, and that sometimes that's enough to grieve with other people that are grieving. And so I yeah. totally resonate with that. Yeah, that's good. So. Well, as we, you know, the, the application that I drew, you know, one of the applications that I drew in the sermon was as we see the, the large volume of violence in our country, it's easy to get desensitized to it. So there's got to be wisdom to know, are we taking in too much? Yep. Um, but then also I think that there's um, weeping is sometimes the, the most appropriate response. And we, th- and we think yep. that there needs to be another fix it response or another, you know, some sort of, and, and I think just weeping is okay. You know, it is. It is. I, you know, this is a great opportunity for God's people to keep it real with God, because if they feel like their hearts are calloused, if they feel like their hearts are desensitized to things, or if they don't know why, 
they don't feel compassion. Yeah. Then keep it real with God and just say, God, I, this seems like something that I ought to have strong emotion about, and I don't. This seems like something I ought to be sad about, and I'm not. God, help me to know what's preventing me yep. from yep. having compassion. And that, you know, that's self-awareness, but I think sometimes, like, and you just kind of alluded to this, sometimes we're not self-aware. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in our heart, and that's where doing doing life in community, I think, is so key to go, you know, like, hey, wh- what are you seeing in my life? And, and, because they'll speak into our lives and show us what we sometimes don't see ourselves because, that's right. That's right. you know, we can just kind of go and not be in touch with our emotions or lack of emotions it, it, to know what's really going on in our life. So I think that's that's really key yeah. as well. Yeah, but, be yeah. still. Be still and know that mm. I'm God. And, yep. you know, there's nothing to be afraid of with your grief. The Lord is our comforter. And uh, what else What else did you draw out? What Anything jump out at you from the sermon? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you talked about peace. You talked about the fact that, you know, uh, Jesus is looking at this group of people that are pushing peace away. And you talked about, you know, the three different types of peace, inner peace, peace with God, and peace with other people. And uh, shalom, right? This Hebrew concept of peace. I don't think most Americans have an idea. Like, we see the word peace, and we're like, oh, that's that's cute. But, like, we know the biblical concept of that is super layered and, and super rich. What does shalom mean? Shalom is, it. it's the way that God intended things to be. You know, it, it's when we're at peace with God, uh, peace with other people. I mean, it's really the three pieces that you, you talked about. It's this multi-layered thing. It's the way that we are created to be. Shalom is peace in relationships. It is peace uh, within ourselves. And it's actually what we're called to do in the kingdom of God. We're to bring peace where there is not peace. So when we go out into the world and we go, there is not shalom. As Christians, we're called to to bring that peace there. And so I loved how you kind of broke it down. And I, I think we hear a lot about, like, we talk a lot about peace with God. We talk a lot about peace with other people. Um, you touched on that first one, inner peace. And I was, like, curious, like, what – I felt like there was more there that, that you could have talked about. Like, when you talk sure, about inner peace, yeah. like, what were you uh, – like, what would people – how would people know if they had inner peace? Like, what does that look like yeah, for you? Well, how would people know if they have inner peace? I think most people know if they don't have it. Right. You know? But I'm assuming it's more than, like, warm fuzzies, right? Like, it's oh, not just, sure. like, this sort of kumbaya moment where, like, yeah. oh, I feel well, good. Yeah, well, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So it's what it's what the Holy Spirit increasingly brings about in our life. And we know that sanctification is a process, so it's not a instant magic wand kind of a fruit, you know. Yep. Uh, that 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 analogy of fruit is intentional, you know. In that, if you've ever tried to watch fruit grow on a tree, it doesn't happen quickly, right? You know. So I think I want first I want you know Christians to be encouraged that the fruit of peace in their life takes time. Yep. Yeah. Right? Um. And uh, you know, if you want to really, if you want to really engage the the fruit analogy, you know, how many times have you bit into a piece of fruit that was not yet ripe, right? Yeah, you know, it's just yep. not yet there. So I'm encouraged that fruit takes time, but but what is it? Well, there's a contentment, there's a a resting, a soul is mm. at rest in the Lord. There's a 
less and less anxiety. Yep. When peace is present, um, uh, you know, uh, r- racing thoughts are at, are at rest. There's yep. there's peace, and and when you have peace, you're you're able to think about others. You know, there's a there's an others focused that flows out of that peace. We kind of talked about it earlier. So you can be fully present yeah. when there's a peace. And, you know, when, when you were saying that, I was just thinking, like, when somebody doesn't have it and they come into the room, you can almost feel the anxiety in everybody go up, right? Because yeah. they're bringing that anxiousness right, right, into right, the room. Right, right, right. But the opposite is also true. Like, when, when a person just exudes this inner peace and this shalom, you know, yes. that we're talking about, there's like a calming presence that like filters out into the room uh, as well. And that's like what we're called to do is uh, the word used is abide, you know, and when we abide in Christ, uh, people feel that they sense that like, Oh wow, you're, you're here, you know, you're present and you're not anxious. And so I think that's like a great, great fruit of the spirit to, to, to allow God to use and to grow in us. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Well, you know, ironically for me, it's like sometimes in my most acute suffering is when my peace is the strongest because I'm in this place of dependence on the Lord. Yep. You yep. know, it's like every 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 false comfort is stripped away, and He's all I have to depend on. Yep. And the fruit of that is is peace despite chaotic circumstances. That's one of the hardest things for me to describe to a non-Christian or to a Christian that's never experienced that is that you actually, we have the tools in our tool belt to hold incredible grief and incredible peace at the same time. That's like, to me, I can't put that into words, but like the people that have experienced that, they know exactly what you're talking about. Like those times where you're hurting maybe more than you ever have before. And yet there's a satisfaction in Christ mm-hmm. that you've never experienced the depths of it in that moment. It's it's very, like, I can't even, it's hard for me to even explain having experienced it. But it's it's a beautiful thing to feel the peace of God in the in those really, really hard times. I so. can't remember who coined the phrase when and you were describing this, but you didn't use this phrase, in terms of us having a non-anxious presence. Mm. And yes, I can't remember who popularized that phrase. Not John Mark Comer, was it? Uh, maybe. Yeah. But somebody. Somebody did, yeah. So, well, yep. well, but somebody is now using that phrase as a title of a book. Oh, really? Yeah. And okay. I can't, and I can't remember who, I can't remember who's writing the, but the, the title of the book is Non-Anxious Presence. Mm. But man, that gives me a massive goal, you know, as a pastor. And we've yeah. talked about that. We've talked about that as our staff, too you know, is the challenge of carrying the work that God's entrusted to us, but not carrying it in, in an anxious kind of a way. Yep. You know, like it doesn't do the people of God any good if their church staff is doing a bunch of work, but they're really anxious in doing it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's, that's not, it, yeah, we're not experiencing the promise that God has for us. We're on to the next thing. Like we're right. in a room with somebody, but we're thinking about here are the three things I have to do next. Right. Yeah. And so being fully present in, yeah, that's yeah. huge. So this is a good goal for us, right? Of <laughs> Lord, help us help us to be this non-anxious presence for our own sake, mm-hmm. but then also for the sake of, of those that we minister to. Margin for mission. Yeah, so that they can know and understand 
hey, this really is the gift that God wants to give you. Mm. He really does want to give you this peace. And it breaks his heart when you push it away. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. It starts it starts with it starts with us and it starts with if you're listening to this, you know, waking up in the morning and I get the time thing, but like just start with five minutes. Be still and know that I'm God. Start your day abiding in Christ. You know, I think about John fifteen five, you know. I um when we abide in him and he abides in us, um, we're gonna bear much fruit, you know. And yep. that's uh but it starts every morning, first thing you do. Yeah. So I love that. As you as you think about I don't want to beat this as a dead horse, but as you think about your journey, your life, if you had to point to like who's one of the most peaceful people you've ever met, you've uh, ever been around? My dad. It's wow. easy. Yeah. Very much um just that exactly everything that we just described of like just fully present and, you know, um, I, I used to laugh because I can't go anywhere in Clarksville. And th- it's true to this day. I mean, it literally is true to this day. <laughs> we went to a restaurant the other day and, like, he, he runs into people he knows all the time. Part of that's his personality, but part of that I know is that he doesn't carry that that anxiousness with him. He is fully present, and he will stop and talk with anyone. He will help anyone and what a model you know to like go like that's the way you're supposed to live your life you know um in in new jersey we we did this uh kind of rhythm of life where we talked about like slowing down and eating with people and you know really practicing hospitality and you know we had this acronym and loved it but like i i had that moment where i realized like that we're doing this new thing in our church that's not really a new thing at all it's what it's what my parents have been practicing their entire life. And yeah. so it's such a, uh, it challenges me in all the right ways to go like slow down, yeah. you know, it, slow your brain down yeah. and be fully present and learn to abide in Christ. <laughs> so it's my dad. How about you? I'm, I bet you have yeah. some folks. Well, I want to think about this a little longer in terms of peace. Mm. I, I, um, gentleness is, a, is part of the fruit of the spirit and gentleness is something mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of like a my big aspiration yep. in life right now is to grow in gentleness. And um, do you know Ray Stone? So yes, Ray's yeah. married to Mary Stone. Yeah, and um, Mary was like my sixth grade English teacher. You know, they went to my home church, um, and Ray is one of the most gentle mm-hmm. men that I know. And I think peace is really closely attached to that. But I just remember, I mean, I would be in different places and Ray would come up and literally whisper a scripture in my ear. Mm. You know, like I don't, I don't have any other, I, I haven't experienced that with anybody else anywhere, anytime. Yep. Yep. But he just comes up and whispers it, you know, and so it's Love like, that. the, yeah. And, and, and it was just like, it was such a gift to me. It was modeling so much for me that, you know, like for a living, I announce scriptures loud for everyone to hear. You know, like, yes. that's how I like, make my living, right? And here's a man just whispering it. Yes. Only for me to hear, you know. And, Love and that. so that gentleness Love uh, that. struck me. And so I think there's peace there, but I definitely want to think yep. a little more of peace. There was another thought that I had that I was, let me see if I can pull it back in. Oh, goodness. Let's see. What was it? 
Well, I think it's gone. <laughs> you mentioned your dad. What was it? The non-anxious yeah, presence and being no, fully present. No, no it's, gone. it's gone. It's gone. Gosh, yeah. I need to keep a little pad right here. So I can My only other thought on that was like Tim Keller used to talk about it being the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruits of the Spirit. And That's he right. talked about That's how right. That's right. like they all grow together. Yes. And I remember he said like, if you see one that's like out of whack, that's right. like not where the others are, right. there's something there. That's and you right. should like kind of right. like look look underneath that. And I I think about that a lot. And 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 you brought it up earlier, fruit it takes time, you yeah. know, and it, it's not a overnight deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Love that. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about what's ahead at real life. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. And we are back. Timmy, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, man, this was a lot of fun. I think, we, I think we have another week coming up. Is that right? Is JV out next week? I think Tuesday? he's out next week too, right? Yeah, maybe that's why Maybe that's why I was disjointed in knowing when he was going to be out. He leaves today and he's out yep, next Tuesday. That's it. That's yep, right. Yep. Um, what uh, you experienced OMC Sunday night. What yes. does OMC stand for and how was it? Organized Mass Chaos. And uh, like with the student ministry here, and it, it's exactly what it sounds like, 25 minutes of pure chaos um, involving silly string and shaving cream and water balloons and y- you name it. And, and Freddie, I, I felt a little dumb because, you know, we get there and – Jeff is kind of putting all the volunteers in different places. Now I, I should know better. Cause I was a youth pastor. Like I know, I remember like the old days of super mega relay. Yes. And if you like take a center position in that, yeah. like there's literally no way you're not going to get ridiculously messed up, but like an idiot. I'm like, I'll be in the middle, you know? And so, um, like everybody else, 10 minutes in, I mean, shaving cream from head to toe, silly string. I probably still have silly string like in <laughs> in my ears. You know, I'm going to be cleaning it out for weeks, but it was so much fun. And yeah. I, I think the students had a blast. Yeah. It was so good. My three my three oldest loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, the name is very apt. You know, it yeah. is 25 minutes of just total, total chaos. Well, thanks for being out there with the students Sunday night. Yep. Uh, student camp, real life students camp is coming up. July 2nd through the 6th. You're going to camp. I'm going to camp. Yeah, yep. awesome. Yep. So. Uh, it's not too late for students to sign up, but space is limited. I think we have like eight spots available as there you of go. yesterday. Bring so. your friend, bring your cousin, bring yourself. Yep. Bring your heart, bring your Bible. Let's go. It's going to be awesome. Camp is on us. Um, I think the kids have a big event coming up. Is it on Sunday night or is it on Saturday? When is it? The, you know? Are you talking about the uh, Kid Kid Olympics? Yes. June 26th, okay. I believe, Okay, that Sunday. Is that, the big, is that the first big event of the kids? This it summer? is, okay. it is, and it's great. I love this because the students are going to yes. be putting it on. The student ministry is going to be putting it on for the kids, which yes. is special. I yes. think um, in some ways I think it's more special for the students than for the kids, and the kids love it. Yeah, it's so, empowering. It really it's li- is. Living into our values 
equipment power. So what's that date? June 26th. Is that right? Yeah. June 26th. Out yep. on the land? Out on the land at you know? 4 o'clock, I think. Okay. Yep. So, and is that a Sunday or a Monday? It's a Sunday. Sunday night. Yep. Okay, yep. awesome. So it's going to be great. So if you don't have kids, if you don't have grandkids, but you love what God's doing in our church and you want to come out on the land and just celebrate the goodness of God, come on out. Bring your lawn chair. It's going to be tons of fun. Now, Kid Kid Olympics won't be as messy as Organized Mass Chaos. Probably not. There may I be some think. like little yeah. water things, but it's not going to be. Yeah. So yeah. you so you 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 can come and enjoy it and not leave with shaving cream on you. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Most likely. That's right. Yeah. Most likely. No. No, no promises. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No. But seriously, <laughs> come on out, uh, church family. Like enjoy yeah. the summer and see what God's doing. Enjoy the the joy of kids making memories and growing in relationships. And um, so that's coming up. Summer studies are coming up. Uh, I saw that you and Robin are signed up to yeah, attend the study. Yeah, we're going we're gonna, to JV study. That's yeah. right. So on Sabbath, looking forward to that. Eight studies, and we're you know trying to get the word out. This is a great sort of in-between community group way to get people connected or Maybe you thought about community group and it's intimidating. Hey, summer studies are, it's a shorter, so you can kind of get a little bit of a feel uh, for what our small groups are like. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's not too late to join. I'm taking some vacation in July. So, Tim, you'll be preaching. I am. Super excited about that. People getting to sit under your preaching, grow in God's word. So thank you for doing that. Yeah, excited. And it, Excited for you that you're going to get Thanks, some much-needed time yeah, off. Yeah, so, I'm going to stack some vacation days on top of each other. And yep. Greatly looking forward to it. Yep. Um, uh, I didn't. I did include this in the brain dump. Um, something we've been working really, really hard on for a couple of months, and we've got it in place now, is, is a care and counseling ministry. And it's probably more appropriate to say a care ministry, but if you go to our webpage today, you can find uh, in our menu um, basically a page where folks are available for one-on-one meetings to provide care, various levels of care. And uh, this is huge because so many churches, Timmy, hit a lid on their growth mm. because the pastor thinks that he's got to be the only one doing the care. Yep. And so we're leaning into our value of equipping and empowering. Several of our elders are providing care. Several of our staff are providing care. And then even and then even church members that aren't in an official capacity, they're providing care. Um, and it's really, really easy to, to set it up. Daniel's worked hard on our website to just with a, a couple of clicks, you can schedule a meeting with somebody. So if you're burdened, if you're grieving, if you're confused, if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, um, we have an awesome team of people that are ready to provide care for you. So check that out on the website um, because you may not even, it may not be for you. It may be for your friend and you may need to send the link of the website to your friend. Um, uh, if you don't know how to find, if you don't know how to get to it, you can text mission to 97,000. Our menu will come up and there'll be a little a little number that you can click. You can type in that number and the link to the care page on the website will come up. Yep. Yep. And it's already, it's already started. I know that like it's already, folks have already, you know, started reaching out, which is great. Really? I'm so glad to hear that. Yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Good. Um, 
Uh, Jenny is kicking off this summer our college age community group. I'm super excited about that. Yep. And uh, she's had new people stick their head in and lots of folks. My son being one of them. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, What did he think? Is he going to go back? He will be back. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's, I mean, that's probably the way he's going to be making relationships that's this great. summer. So that's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. So check out that point, your college age young adult to the website. Um, if you need to know it at real life, it's on the website. If you need to take a step at real life, you can take it by texting mission to 97,000. We've tried to keep it streamlined and simple for, for the church and, um, Timmy, as you look forward to what's ahead, anything else jumping out at you? I'm kind of just rattling it off. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm excited. This Summers are a different season for churches, but some of the sweetest moments, I think, in church life happen in the summer. And sometimes you don't even realize it until the fall and you look back. So I would just say if you're a real lifer, like lean in this summer and, you know, be fully present, lean into relationships, and God's going to do yeah. some amazing things. That's so good, man. That's so. so good. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Keep it Jesus.